This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hey out there, disaster divas. Welcome back to Disaster Girls. Here I am, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And uh, we are here today because mm-hmm. Jordan's taking a long sip of her tea. Mm-hmm. We are here today with a made-for-TV movie or a sci-fi <clears throat> channel special called Devil Wins. Devil uh, Starring wins. probably no one you know unless you were a Smallville fan in the early 2000s, in which case you'll go, oh, it's Erica Durant. Man, she still hasn't gotten better at acting. <laughs> this movie is just like, it feels like they were in a room and they were like, okay, how much can we do to not be Twister? Like, right. because we're Twister, but like, how many things do you think we have to change to legally not be Twister? And they basically, what they did was they took out all of the charm of Twister and they left that there are tornadoes. And that's really what they decided to take away from Twister, which, you know, to be fair, if you're going to take one (laughs) thing away from Twister, Jordan, tornadoes is the thing. Yeah, it's the, uh, allegedly it is the thing. And it, this, we, you know, we get, we open with a classic, the disaster killed my loved one sequence. Uh, The man of the movie is off storm chasing and he calls the weather service and is like, send out the warning. And they're like, we don't have visual proof. We can't do that. So of course, tornado shows up. Uh, Nobody's been warned. His wife is trying to take the daughter to the storm shelter. Tree falls on her. Uh, She can't, she can't be saved. Daughter lives. But then this movie jumps ahead 10 years in time. Yeah. And because we start in Oklahoma. Genre. It's a new genre. We start in Tyler, Oklahoma, and it's Twister. Then we go 10 years ahead. We're in Portland, Oregon. And I was like, he's not a cop. Like, there's, it would be, because he's this, like, like, disaster guy, meteorologist guy. He's sitting talking with some other guy in his car. And just the way it's unfolding, it's like, this feels like movie cop banter. But it would be Mm -hmm. crazy for him to be a cop since he was just a meteorologist or something and then we end up in a high-speed pursuit yeah because he is indeed a police officer he's a detective he gave up weather weather to go be a cop as one does gave up so often happen you know i gotta be honest the meteorologist to law enforcement pipeline (laughs) i mean it's basically it's a log flume Every single time a character's parent dies on film during a disaster movie, mm-hmm. that's another character who becomes a police officer because you can't shoot weather. Yeah. But you can yeah. shoot people. You can you can take it out on people. Yeah. And I spent I spent Amanda the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of this movie being like, did his daughter die? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a we've just left her. Yeah. Like, we never all we see is like wreckage like it's surveying Mm -hmm. wreckage and it's it's very twister it's like wow that was the worst storm system in since ever since ever this is the most we get the news guy saying over that like you know the worst this is possibly the worst damage in history wrought by nature's devil winds (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's it's the this is the all time most disturbing. It's like, well, I'm sure that's not true. But OK, this is the worst in like recorded history or something. And his house, it's obliterated this town that they might as well be wiped off the map. But we never see him go back for his child. I fully assumed that he had just picked up and left. Left. In that, I just thought that, that he day, in that instant, left he didn't have any more belongings. Him. The yeah. house was gone. I was like, oh, he got in his car and drove to Oregon that day. Yeah, I assume because he obviously by, his whole family's dead. Yeah, I think he just cruised by his house, saw it was leveled, and was like, <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah. And then just moved on. But as we learned, that's moved not on. the case, which is in and of itself a confusing choice. <laughs> Everything, ever, so. When we talk about the reality index and we try to be like gentle with it, because obviously these movies don't abide. Like I was reading, right. um, I was reading the trivia earlier for Armageddon okay, and there's yeah. like 300 some odd trivia things in IMDb. And some of them are like talking about why certain things don't happen in space. And I'm going, okay, but it's fucking cool. Who right. Cares? Yeah, like, like, no sound in space. It's like, no, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. We need to hear the explosions on the meteor. Yeah. Oh, the, the spaceship can't take off of an asteroid in that way. I, I don't care. Yes. Middle fingers up. Exactly. We invented Jordan, new you. fucking technology to get there for this, you idiots. Like, yeah. assume what they have, what Harry Stamper and company has, doesn't exist to us now because necessity has not forced us to invent it. And sometimes physics just don't work. That can just be a thing that happens. So all that to say, this yeah. is not... This movie, when I criticize it, I'm not criticizing the reality of it because um, it's a badly made movie. It's because the things they tried to do were so poorly executed that I yeah. couldn't even get on board within the reality of the movie itself. No. We learn that he moved across the country with his daughter, who he's apparently estranged from now, but he made her move to Portland. Right. And we have no knowledge I did that not, she's alive. I did not learn... I did not she, discern yeah. the detail about her leaving Oklahoma ever mm -hmm. for a time until yeah. I just had to like it, I think it, I think at the end when she's like I'm not going back to Portland I, I was yes. like wait what do you mean back you left ever uh, you didn't just stay here and he abandoned you which is fully what it seemed like so when she yeah. when she says at one point like it's been four years do we think that means she moved back to Oklahoma four years I, ago. So here's the fun thing. Erica Durance in this movie is the age of 25. The right. character herself, to my knowledge, is 22. Okay. So I think she moved back to school for Oklahoma, moved back to Oklahoma for school. Right. Yeah. And she hasn't seen her dad since. Yeah. At, eight, at 18 then, like graduating at high 18. school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But let's just talk about the negligent parenting here. Because oh the my entire God. movie- Hinges on so much shitty parenting so, from and, start and, to finish. And everyone is either looking past it or forgiving it for, forgiving yeah. him for it. Like either on the daughter's behalf or so, it is horrendous. Everyone in this movie, no one in this movie is like, well, dude, you did take your daughter across the country. Apparently give her no therapy after witnessing <laughs> her mother die. Yeah. And then like, also you were distant and also you... He doesn't know when he goes back to Oklahoma for mm -hmm. her graduation. Yeah. Which is why he's going back there. And he's like going back to finally see his estranged daughter for her college graduation. And he yeah. has no idea. It is the 10th anniversary of the tornadoes that killed his daughter. And he's no, like, or his, his wife. And he's no like, clue. he's like, I'm only here for you. You're the only reason I'm here. It's like, you see her at the 
middle, beginning, and end of this movie. What the fuck are you talking about? You're not here for her. And if you were, you'd also probably be here for her to mourn her mother, you piece of shit. You would, like, no fault of the reporters, but you wouldn't be off fucking the reporter you just met. Right, on the 10th anniversary. Instead of spending time with your child. I genuinely, when he, when it turns out that he had sex with the, with the reporter, was it Nicole Eggert? Was that Nicole Eggert? Could have been. I think it was. Um, But when I was like, man, I mean, no shame to her. She should get Mm -hmm. it if you can. You should do better, but get it if you can. But could be the same age as his daughter. I don't know. It probably was. But again, (laughs) dude, it is the 10th anniversary of your wife's death that apparently yeah. scarred you so badly it sent you across the country to an entirely different career yeah and 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 when he comes back one of the first things he does in Oklahoma is he goes to the grave of his wife and he's like I think about you all the time it's like do you think if you did you would know that it was the 10 year anniversary of her death exactly right now right now yeah but like you don't seem to have computed that you may and also he's like I'm sorry I don't visit you too often it's like are you sorry because as far <laughs> yeah, as I can tell you? Your game plan was start an entirely new life and deal with the trauma by, I don't know, copping. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that that yeah, by police brutality probably in the city of Portland. Yeah, there was no every single choice that man made was the wrong choice aggressively. When it when, like we encounter the reporter because. Our guy and his, like, old coworker, maybe best friend, I don't know, they're out storm chasing and the supercell's forming and, like, a journalist just rolls up behind him, like, her and cameraman, mm-hmm. and they're, like, the the meteorologists are, like, okay, we gotta go. And she's, like, still standing there. It's, like, I'm sorry, when the tornado chasing guys tell you that the tornado's about to be here, you need to go. So, of course, like, lightning strikes, hits the van, knocks both of them out. They, they have, like, a contentious completely meaningless two minute long interaction and then after it kind of gets like they take those people to the hospital and the guy's like our meteorologist guy's like oh let's go back by the hospital not because I'm avoiding seeing my child let's go back to the hospital and his buddy's like oh yeah what for he's like I want to see if those people are okay he's like I saw the way you were looking at Juliet I think is her name or something Julia it's like like, I didn't see the way he was looking at her I didn't see a way she was looking at him. There was literally no, there were no sparks. There were no indications. I even there have were in the no notes, indications. I have in my notes what vibe am I supposed to get from the scene with Julia? What vibe? What vibe? Yeah, I had no idea what the vibe was. I didn't know if it was supposed to be an enemies to lovers thing. If it was <laughs> yeah. supposed to be like she was into him, she was annoyed by him, she was fucking him for the story. I didn't know what was happening. I don't no. know why. Other than the fact that he is our main character, there is that's it, and therefore his dick must be magic. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's it. There, he sees her in the hospital, and he's like, "You hungry?" It's like, wait, what? You're asking her out right now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Are you really so desperate to not take responsibility for the child you left behind that you're gonna go to dinner with this woman who you just like? You 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 were angry at her for like forty five seconds before she was unconscious, and then you were like, "Uh, dinner? What the fuck is going on?" And then of course, then of course, they end up sleeping together immediately that night. And again, fine, good for her. But like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing here? It's it's truly the epitome of the like, men would rather fuck a reporter they just met than yeah. go to therapy. Then, then go to therapy, hundred percent. It. And then she, because if this were a if this were a love interest thing that made any sense, the next decision would be like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's how these movies work. She's like, I'm coming with you to chase storms. It's like, 
the hookup is going to come with you? What is going on? Yeah. You're, what is going on? And then the subplot of the movie becomes that the, because she, the daughter works for the environmental, like, disease. She works, she works for a disease center that, she works for a, a disease center of some sort, a biohazard yeah. lab that yeah. they decided to build in the middle of Tornado Alley, because that seemed like <laughs> yeah. a good idea. It revitalized the community. She works there as an intern. She's sleeping with her boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her boss has uncovered that her boss has uncovered that like the building is poorly made. It was not up to code. code. It's not up to code. And of course, the (laughs) it's not up to code, which again, every great disaster movie with every great disaster movie really needs is an architect. It's an architect. It's true. true. It's true. As the, 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 I mean, the rock knows this in, we haven't done his burning t- his own towering inferno. No, we have not we? done skyscraper yet. And I, I'm, I'm looking so forward looking to forward to that one day. Cause I fucking love that movie. I, I, that's another one that I was like, I'm not seeing that yet because okay. we're going to do a disaster movie podcast. Eventually there's movies that like for, for seven years, since you and I first talked about it <laughs> for seven like, years, we've been talking about this for at least seven, more than seven years at this Extremely point. Extremely long time. And so I'm just like, shit, man, if, if they, we're going to do this, I'm not watching this movie. And then it became, well, we're doing it now. So now I can't watch this movie. Um, Which is sort of like your stand against Jurassic. Well, at this point, you've just said long enough. No, you can't watch Jurassic World. Jurassic you, World you can never is, watch Jurassic World. Well, so that at least had a purpose. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like my not not watching Skyscraper has a yeah. purpose. Yeah. Not watching Jurassic Park World it's a principled is stand. a principled stand that is utterly meaningless. The dumbest thing I have never not watched because I was like oh I'm mm-hmm. gonna was me and you, me and a uh, friend of the pod Marin we watched all of Friday Night Lights together sure and then <clears throat> well almost all of it and then Marin started seeing somebody and then they started watching Friday Night Lights together oh so then you had to stop watching Friday Night Lights well we made it almost all the way to the end and she finished it and I was like I am not watching the end and I got annoyed that she, that like this, yeah, sure. she had spent so many fucking hours I was like I cannot believe you so I was like I'm not watching the finale unless we're watching it together and she's like that's extremely stupid I was like I'm not saying it isn't but I'm not gonna do it <laughs> so no, I think that's a, a decade later thing. probably yeah, I still haven't seen the very last episode of Friday Night Lights. I still haven't watched the last episode of Parks and Rec, and you know how much I love Parks and Rec, and that's because I firmly believe that if I don't watch the last episode, then it never ended. I think, um, ha- knowing <laughs> what I know now about the Killing Eve finale, I think that's, I'm going to make it think- to the last 10 minutes of the Killing Eve finale, and then yeah. the last 10 minutes of the Killing Eve finale that's doesn't it, exist. That's it. Doesn't that's, exist. I, I am increasingly in my old age deciding that Maybe I just don't need to watch finales of things because there's very few episodes that stick the landing and 99% of the time, the, the second to last episode is maybe one of their best. That happens so consistently where I'm like, wow, this last, I can't believe that there's one more episode for this. This was so good. And then the last episode wraps everything up. And the good place was an exception. The good place mm. had me just crying like a little bitch. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I was sitting on the, Grant, that did come out though in like, was that was lockdowns? That, that was locked. That was, yeah, because I was dating Dean at the time. So it was COVID. It might have been a year prior to lockdown. I take wow. that back. Oh, my God. But either way, I was, like, just sitting there and just my whole face was just leaking. <laughs> yeah. From every single orifice. I think I was drooling something. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Your me- your muscles had given way at that point. Everything. I was holding just, anything back. It was just, it had so utterly destroyed me. Anyway, I guess. You know what has no emotional weight whatsoever? This fucking movie. You know, you know that we don't like a movie when we talk about everything but <laughs> yeah. the movie. 
By the way, I had to look up what the main character's name was because I was like, why in my notes? I didn't, we didn't talk about this on the pod, but I was watching this movie and starting to fall asleep while I was watching it. And also I was a little bit stoned. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my notes are like, well, that's a weird typo. Why did I make that choice? And I keep seeing that I have book as this typo. And I was like, what the fuck is this character's name? This main character? His last name was Booker. Book wasn't a typo. He's just so not memorable that all the quotes I have that have book in it, Mm-hmm. I was like, what does book stand for? Book must be code. No, no. Book must book be is code. His, book is his name. Terrible person. Awful character. <laughs> Again, they, this movie, when the twisters start hitting, mm-hmm. one, like, they're like, first of all, they're like, this might be the biggest, tor- when the, the tornado that kills his wife. Yeah. It's like, this might be the biggest tornado that's ever existed. Like, they throw out the F5. And it's like, that is a first third of the movie in twister sized tornado that is a now remember though aaron did biba did tell us during the episode about twister which if yes. you haven't listened to you should listen to the aaron biba twister episode oh absolutely that the size of the torn f5 it's a rating of wind speed not necessarily size i know but but it should fiction, be bigger you gotta visualize you gotta visual, and so like. But we, Jordan, they, the fact that the twister specifically aimed for the mother and apparently yeah. ate her didn't that kind of make you feel like it was an F five because F fives have personality. <laughs> That's you. That is when they start to anthropomorphize. Yeah, is when you get to an F five. That's when they take on uh, vendettas and mm-hmm. um, specifically. Killings. Yeah, they, they skips skips the house and comes after yours. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And this once the tornado starts, once we get the the journalist is in play, mm-hmm. they're like racing down a road to outrun the disaster, and they do the full like let's hide under an overpass. And I was like, yeah. okay, Twister, we're just gonna do Twister right now. Mm-hmm. So they do Twister there, and then in the end, in the end of the movie, when they're running from the final turn, they just fully do it again. They're like, yeah, let's all get out of the car again. And go hide in a spot that almost looks exactly like the spot where they hid the first time in Twister when Helen Hunt's doing the, I want to see it, I want to see it, and Bill Paxton is pulling her back. I was like, this just, what is going, what is going on in this movie? I see, I the the viaduct that they hide under in Twister is like a little small one that basically the car just doesn't even fit under, remember? Because the, yeah. the, the truck gets rammed in. Yeah, it gets this, rammed under like. A highway overpass. Highway overpass. They, in this, they climb. They fully climb up the side of a of a highway overpass and just high, lash the unconscious, the yeah. unconscious uh, field. They do that and like the, belt the railing. Lashing. Also, twister mm-hmm. move. Also, a twister. I know. Honestly, I don't know that these guys would have survived if the movie Twister hadn't happened because apparently they learned all their best tricks from it. It's all. It is. It's all in universe. The movie Twister absolutely exists within the universe of this yeah. movie. And the these yeah with the subplot of it, I it, this movie is interesting in that like the the reason the husband is such a reckless or the the asshole cop meteorologist idiot is such like a reckless um, meteorologist savant <clears throat> is because he like Joe in Twister is like certain there is a way to predict tornado activity to give people more warning to save lives like he's convinced that there is a pattern here that can save people and then at a certain point when he has drinks with the reporter before they sleep together he's like yeah that's not true actually there's there's no there's no pattern nothing means anything it's all bullshit and then we just like abandon that animating principle entirely so it doesn't become a plot Mm -hmm. like in twister she's just trying to get the entire time joe is trying to get the sensors into the center of the cyclone 
And you're like waiting for the moment where this guy's going to like, oh my God, this is it. This confirms the research. Like he's going to get a hold of some data, some reading that's like, oh my God, I was right. And that it was all going to be for something. And it's just not. It's just a guy running from tornadoes and then having the chance to save his daughter in the way that he could never save his wife. So the movie just becomes about this guy getting his daughter out of the building she works in. Yeah. And the daughter he doesn't really have a relationship with. And by the like, I think that lack of specificity of this movie in general, like, so that really unspecific. speaks to it. Because also there's the fact that, like we say, the daughter, um, she works in a lab that does like handles the most dangerous by you know yes. bacteria and yes. viruses and it's the you know like the cdc sort of thing yeah it's a virus laboratory and it's in danger but we never learn what those viruses are we never have like there's a threat that this one could escape there's no no there's no there's no specific virus threat. to it no, no it's just this abstract concept of the viruses could get loose we guess and there's no real mechanism of explaining how that happens like no if a virus gets out i mean if there's no host, I don't think right. that's a problem. Are we talking about like a Sharknado situation where we've got <laughs> yeah. test tube vials? <clears throat> it seems like the vault is pretty secured. Yeah, which... is this the T-virus? Is this Resident Evil? Yeah, what are we dealing with here? Like there's <laughs> yeah. none of, we don't have any idea at any point. There's no specificity to any of it. And that's... We just see a guy running down a hall holding like neon green Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Um, green liquid. And yes. almost bumping in to the meteorologist dad. Whoop, whoa. Huh? Excuse me, run into the I'm running to the containment facility. Gotta go. Yeah, the lab has some of the worst protocol I've ever seen. Absolutely and, not. Like just no safety. Pro- Erica Durance is hanging out looking at something through a microscope. And the first time we meet her, she's like looking through a microscope in what looks to be a conference room. And her <laughs> and her boyfriend backslash boss comes up behind yeah. her. And starts like goosing her and distracting her and asking her questions. And she fully walks away from the slide, goes down the hall, suggests they have a quickie in the virus containment room. (laughs) All the while, there's just like a Petri dish of, I don't know, flesh-eating viruses. Yeah, live virus that you are allegedly so worried about. Yeah, no gloves, nothing, not even a mask, no signs of any sort of, she's not even in like a special fancy suit. She's no. just in her regular lab coat. And yes, some of that is the con- like the constraints of the medium and you don't really want to see some, like they probably didn't have the money to yeah, put her in sure. all of that. Sure. Give her some big fucking gloves. <laughs> yeah, Do something. Her, go to the garden store. Yeah. Go to the Ace Hardware and find large gloves. Yes. Or have this not be a plot point. Yeah, or that. Or have her do any other job. I mean, as I was watching, and they're like evacuating the facility at the end because the tornado is coming for them. And everyone just leaves all of their viruses at their workstations. Leaves them there. Everyone just abandons them. And like, without giving away too many protocols for uh, luxury jewelry stores, I will (laughs) tell you that the standard procedure for if there is any emergency Mm -hmm. is... You lock the jewelry up. You might not lock right. it up like in the vault. Yeah. But you make if you've got jewelry out on a tray, you, you take put it in a some measure. You don't just leave it on it. the counter and then flee. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's just not considered um uh, that's not considered a safety protocol. And, and jewelry if that's not cannot a, give you right a, a wasting disease. Exactly. Jewelry isn't botulism. Yeah. So with that in mind, which 
my 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 note to myself that I was like the elaborate freezing rituals and people just left their shit out. We had to lock <laughs> up the jewels in case of emergency. Is the last note I have in my notes before I finally was like, fuck it, I'm not taking notes anymore. Because I'm not watching, doing this. I'm not doing it because watching and then like the high tense situation of just the daughter and her boyfriend locking up all of the virus tubes yeah. in the freezer. In like, again, a very low stakes engagement. There was no like, risk of any there was no tripping there was no nothing no. was there was no wind they didn't get locked in or locked <laughs> out or the powers no. dropped out it's all fairly normal it was just watching some people move some test tubes around that's it it was it again there is there no is inexplicably a, a little girl who was part of the yes. tour through the facility earlier who got separated from her group and is just sitting mm-hmm. um knees against her chest on the ground of uh, being like they left me it's like did you how did you run away? Like, what do you mean they left? I don't think they she left was, you because she I was think a you dud. ran off. No, she sucked. <laughs> and, I, I well, want to know everything. They probably about inherited school. her after. Oh, 100%. That was their child now. Yeah, yeah. They, they got a teen. They got they got that child, which, like, I want to know more about the school that leads the school field trip to the bio, like the hazardous material biology center. <laughs> Yeah, I want to know more about that school because I want to go there. <laughs> and of course, we we of course get an evil, um, an evil bureaucracy guy for minimal reasons. He's just there to be like, it doesn't matter if the facility is not up to code. Like, yeah. try telling that to our senator. We still this site needs this building needs to get funded, otherwise it's going to devastate the town. This is a company town, and then like, but again, it's so. It feels so low stakes that this building is in danger that him being an asshole doesn't seem to yeah. matter much at all. Like, I don't fucking care. It again, it was everything was without consequence. Like, it didn't everything. matter. It actually didn't matter. That building didn't have to be up, not up to code for that, you know, for them to be like, well, it, we're still in danger because it is an unheard of large tornado yeah. event. It's like you a precedent-shatteringly large storm event. Yeah. If you had just given me that, I would have been like, okay, cool. Yeah, that totally can take down a facility. I believe that. Shoddy right. government work. Yeah. Yeah. As we learned from Stonados, you know, <laughs> everything shoddy, shoddy government equipment. Like, I yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah. They used a potato gun to stop Stonados. Yeah, so why can't a tornado completely demolish the medical facility? I don't have any questions about that. I don't have any questions. But we still had to bring up, like, this whole semi-subplot that they just didn't stick to. And it was just a complete lack of commitment. The only thing that made sense in this movie was how angry the daughter was at the dad. Yes. Which they completely dissolve. But when they make her apologize to him yes at the end of this movie and he just and his response he's like no i'm sorry too it's like okay four four let's hear an accounting let's take some actual responsibility what do you and it it was just like yeah her not wanting to listen to her dad is definitely on par with the full ass fucking abandonment like and when he when they see each other for the first time it's at their it's at the mom's graveside because she's coming by to drop a flower because it's the 10-year anniversary and he's there leaving flowers too because he's finally he, come back to Because he's in town and it happens to be the 10-year yeah, anniversary he, he that he forgot about. Be, and he sees her and he's like, Oklahoma looks good on you. or And it's like, why? She's from here. Like, what does yeah. that mean? Like, and she's like, why wouldn't it? Like, this is my home. It's, it was such a weird, like, especially since that point, it's not clear that she 
left for a time and went to Portland with him. It's like, who says that to a person? Like, I'm not like, ah, LA looks yeah. good on you, Amanda. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised here. What are you talking about? Like, what does this mean? And well, at that point too in the movie, I was not clear on if that was his actual daughter. Like, Right, bio, not actual. No, his biological I daughter, wondered. or I was if like, it was his, his stepdaughter, and he's that like was, writing her off. That was my thing. Was initially going, and I thought that she, this was like a step because it seems like he abandons her. So I was like, Completely. wow, he leaves the stepdaughter with his his mother in law, and then yeah. he goes and fucks off to Portland to be a cop and be sad. Yeah, and then he comes back, and now he's having like an awkward. I, that was that makes more sense than so much more. His daughter also went to Portland. Portland with him she spent apparently six years in Portland with him and then (laughs) came back to Oklahoma with his to live with her mother or her grandmother none of it makes sense other like it's just it's and the nonsense. grandmother, who's not even his mom, like it's clearly no, it's, it was like his mother-in-law, who's, who's his mom, is not even like, you know, you're a real asshole for ditching your kid. No, she, this She's is clearly. Like, oh, you're home. It's like, I don't believe for a fucking second that the mother-in-law, who is like the only relative that seems to care about her granddaughter, would be so hunky-dory about this guy just swanning back into town. Like. He yeah. has absolutely no accountability in this world. I mean, it only makes sense if you think that she's one of those moms who hates her daughter. And so <laughs> she's like, you know, my daughter was never good enough for you. Right. Yeah. She's a misogynist. Yeah. Like if she kind of just hated her daughter, maybe it makes sense. But it still doesn't make sense. And then she's like trying to mend but, things but it with. it still doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense because we get no indication of that being her character otherwise. So instead you have to suss out whether or not this is his mother, which is what she's acting like. Or if it's his mother-in-law, which is what makes the most sense with the circumstances. <laughs> with the circumstances. The completely unclear circumstances. Yeah. But again, that's where we just go back. Specificity. There was just, <laughs> that is, I'm just, I'm so angry with the lack of it because it's such an easy dunk. It's such it's, an easy one. All you watched to, so many of yeah. these kinds of movies yeah. that show you that doing the least but on acceptable terms it works. Yeah, you can it's do this. Fun. If we can still reference Stonados affectionately, there is no reason exactly. in the world that Devil Wins couldn't have brought that level and they didn't manage to. At least Fire in Devil Wins, Twister. We knew all of the relationships in Fire. Devil Wins within seconds. Absolutely. Or, sorry, in Stonados. But yeah, Fire Twister. Great movie. Come on. Knew, knew pretty much what everyone was up to in that movie the whole time. Was it you who thought that the baby shoulder, baby's yes. arm was going to get ripped out? Yeah, yes, okay. Jordan, that was me. <laughs> I still don't understand how babies work. I still, I, they still, it terrifies me. I see, I see more and more of them as I get older. I feel the exact same. Yeah, no, I've actually become like, since now our friend Sarah had, a, had her kid and now it, Olive is two and like, God, All God. that has happened is that I've just become more afraid of how breakable they are. Oh, and yeah. And I keep being assured that, like, they're not that breakable. And I'm like, no, they're so breakable. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Relative to me, that seems pretty fucking untrue. And yeah. I'm not, like, I'm worried about how breakable I am. Yeah. I'm not, no. like, moving through this world in fear. But if I'm concerned about me, I'm really concerned about babies. Yeah, babies don't know about sharp corners. But then again, babies don't pull their calves walking down the front steps like I did. So right. I guess it's a trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade. Like I am. They are made much... of. They are made of taffy. You can yeah. pull them every which way. Yeah, but I still think that if you caught a baby by the arm as it was falling out of a tree, mm-hmm. you would probably dislocate that baby's shoulder. I mean, dislocate, yes, but I think you were pretty I sure the arm was going to fully mean it was come like, off. I didn't mean it would literally rip the <laughs> arm off of the body. 
Like you that's go, how I always understood I, it was no, you thought the arm was going to fully like, come off. I didn't think it was like a Wookiee situation where <laughs> it would like rip off the arms and leave just like, no, I thought it meant like the arm would still be Got physically it. Oh, oh a shoulder dislocation. It would be dangling. I can totally see. Yeah, no, I think like every single, t- everything okay. in the arm, I meant like you rip okay. the baby's arm off in the colloquial <laughs> sense of like, wow, that dude got his arm ripped off and it just no longer, it's just dangling. There. Yeah, I completely thought no, you meant I didn't, I see why from body. No, I didn't think he just, Casper Van Dien would just be holding a baby's arm. <laughs> yeah, while the holding a baby arm, like no. Pennywise. I don't think that's what I thought. Like, as I play it back in my head, my instinct is to say, no, it's not like, I don't think that human bodies rip like that in general. Yeah. It's not where my brain goes because I don't have horror movie brains. So my right, brain yeah. isn't like, oh yeah, your skin can just rip, your flesh can rip from your right. body. It's like, no, yes. it's, no. So I see why you thought that because yeah. you have horror movie brain. That, I just yeah. was thinking like mm-hmm. the most neurotic possible option. Yeah, oh, sure. The babies. I, yeah, yeah. Th- that would have to dislocate a baby's arm. Yeah, it would fully rip off the baby's arm and that's what I meant See, when I say that. when you say fully rip off the baby's well, arm because I'm not like, a baby is now separate from its limb. I mean yes I see how <laughs> one might interpret it that way. But that's an insane thing to think. And I see yeah. now why you were like, Amanda, that's not how babies work. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? That's how the human body works. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're like, I Blade had his arm ripped off in that sense. And he's Blade. Well, you get your arm just like clean. It's just like clean, ripped off of your Yeah. It's ripped off. The I don't know. Thing to me, I, I love that this is two years ago, Jordan. This was two years ago that we covered Twist. Uh, d- was it Fire Twister? Fire Twister. Yeah, two years ago. And we're well, now and just the way that this. the way that Casper Van Dean says the fire twister <sighs> will never leave my mind. It never. will never leave my mind. And Tornado whoever the fire. guy is who stars in this me in this movie, he's no Casper Van Dean. He could not do it. He doesn't <laughs> he have could, the range. He could not do it. I mean, I think that one of one of the moments in this movie where I was like, this movie's just not gonna fucking go for it was <laughs> yeah. the moment when and he's sitting there with the reporter at drinks. And she's like, have you ever been shot? Uh-huh. And he doesn't want to admit that he was shot in the ass. Yeah. Which, like, not only, one, then lie. But two, that should be and would be a character that I like if he were like, yeah, I shot myself in the ass and here's how. Or like, yeah. if, he, if that was an anecdote he told uh-huh. as like, if there were any sort of sense of personality to this guy or a sense of humor or a sense of like not being so self-serious, but instead he doesn't yeah. want to admit he gets shot in the ass. And then he finally calls it the gluteus maximus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, what are we? It's not like you're saying you got shot in the dick. Like, yeah. And you don't have on. one anymore because you shot your yeah. dick off. Yeah. yeah. That's From, a like, longer conversation. Yeah, poorly holstering your gun in your waistband, and then all of a sudden your dick is clean gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is, that would be shot your dick off. In that case, I would really think that it is fully removed from the body, just to clarify, because <laughs> apparently I need to clarify these things now. Yeah, I do in that case mean that his dick would be shot clean off of his body detached, not right, like yeah, a baby yeah. arm. Yeah, so my point is, at that moment when I was like, there's just no, there's no personality, there's no humor, there's nothing to this character. There's nothing else there. He's a vehicle for lines of dialogue to come out of. And right, just, yeah, yeah. And that was such an easy opportunity to give him a personality and give him a moment of charm where he could be like, that's why she's going to fuck him on his wife's 10th anniversary of her death. Yeah. And we got none of that. And we got none of that. Yeah, this movie, it's just like, mm. again, we, th- it's, it's important 
that I, I feel like it is important to emphasize we watch tons of movies like this yeah. and are not let down by them no we are not let down by them in the way that this movie was like what are you even fucking doing here like what yeah. are you trying to do here so I don't know do you feel like we can go into what this movie was really about yeah I do have to ask Jordan did you come into because I when we signed on to the zoom I was like fuck this movie and I didn't get a vibe from you about your feelings on it did my how did you feel about this movie coming into our discussion today? Because I was like ready to rip it apart. But how did you feel? I did. I I had to rewatch the middle chunk of it because I did fall asleep. Okay. I did fall asleep while I was watching it. And All so right. I was like, well, fuck, I got to go back and thank God that's yeah. included with my Prime membership because <laughs> otherwise this would fucking suck. And it was just like, yeah, I, it was just like, listen, it doesn't have to be Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Anaconda. It doesn't have to be Twister. And like I I think I I was watching a very revered drama today. I was watching The Souvenir and <clears throat> uh I didn't I knew very little about it and I certainly did not know that and it's not even like a buried plot point. It like happens pretty quickly. Like the central female character, like the guy she gets involved with, she figures out pretty early on in their relationship that he's a heroin addict. Oh, yeah. And, like, it is, it's, like, exp- like a guy asks her, a friend of him is, like, so you don't seem like a druggie. And she's, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And he's, like, that's so odd. I'm trying to figure out how you two fit together. Mm-hmm. He's a regular heroin user. You're not. Where does, where do you, where does that come together? And she's just staring at him, fucking baffled, because she's, like, what? Even though the first time they hook up, we see, like, they're in a bed, and we, like, it intentionally, like, this is meant, to, and she's like, what happened right here? What happened right here? And I was like, like, out loud to myself, I went, heroin tracks? <laughs> like, I was like, girl, what do you think those are? So then later, when his friend's like, so he uses heroin and you don't, like, how do you guys make this work? I was like, yeah, that's a very specific kind of thing happening right there on the elbow. And the she's like, keeps giving him money she keeps giving money and I, the, I this movie is very beautiful and it's really well done and writer director Johanna Hogg did an amazing job and but like it was distracting for my ability to enjoy a wonderfully crafted film because this guy is just a fucking waste man yeah. I was like I'm so mad every time he's like oh can I have six bucks and she's like oh yeah sure and then it gets to the point where like it's, it gets habituated they go to they go to eat like dinner and he just picks up the check and hands it right to her and she just pulls the money out of her wallet and puts it on the little plate and i was like i have i at this point in my life i have such little patience for horrible men that i was like watching this i was like as soon as the negligent dad thing was on the table i was like i hate this guy so much and this is so not being addressed Unless this movie really fucking steps up with its tornadoes, him being a negligent father and shitty man is going to prevent me from being able to enjoy this at all. And I couldn't get past it. I couldn't, whatever superficialness there was there to enjoy, which there was very little. I was like, I, no, no one is calling this man on his shit. I can't, I can't deal with this. I can't fucking deal with this. Yeah, I mean, we've seen movies before where like, where the main character sucks or like the ancillary character sucks. Again, Stonados. The best friend character spends the whole movie hitting on oh cop my sister. God. Yeah. And you and I both are like, leave her alone. She just wants to do her job and just, wear too much like, eye makeup. Let her be. work right now. Yeah. But 
if there's enough awesomeness otherwise in the movie, yeah, totally fine. If, whatever. If I don't the care. answer is we've got a tactical nuke the tornado with a potato gun. Yeah. Well, okay. Exactly. I've got this, something else to focus on. This movie gave us none of that. This movie gave us nothing to augment the disappointing man. Well, and it, it also, yeah. it didn't matter that he was like a great meteorite. Like it didn't matter. Like, right. Nothing no, there about was, his. There was nothing about it. There was no solving. There was no blow. Like, no, at least there was no, here's how it, it was. This was one of those survival, you know, we have the disaster movies where it solved the problem. And there's yeah. some of the ones where it survived the problem. And yes. this was a survive the problem movie. That was but set up like so, a solve the problem. It was set up movie. like a solve exactly. Yes. It was set up like a solve the problem movie. And there also wasn't particularly much to have to survive either. No. And so it was, we weren't given either of those things. We were not given a solution and we were not given like a bunch of really there was the the first sequence with the tornado in when they're in outrunning it and then they get to the cult the the underpass with yeah. that first sequence is really fun. Yeah, that's that fun. a good chase sequence. But it doesn't give us that consistently. And again, no. when you go back to like Twister, where one smart thing they do is that they basically break up the axe by having a tornado every time. It is like, time. it's like going through a video game and leveling yeah. up with a boss each time. Exactly. And in this, it's just like there are these long lulls. I mean, from we get the first tornado when the mom dies. And then it's basically half the movie without another tornado. And then we yeah. finally get another tornado. But just nothing happens with it. And it's just such a... Nothing Ugh. happens with it, and and because his because his alleged expertise matters in no way whatsoever. It's not yeah. even like, I'm sorry, kiddo, I can't be here. I've got to go use my unique and specific intelligence to solve this thing that no one yeah. else could. It's just like, oh, you just can't be there for anybody. Like, because what it ends up being is him just running from tornadoes, just like anybody else. Just like, oh shit, we got to get out of the path of this tornado, and like, oh, I got to go get my daughter out of this facility, right. but like. She could have got herself out of the facility. It doesn't look like the facility was actually leveled. It doesn't like. No, it didn't seem like there was any true impending danger for her beyond the concept of there might be danger. Yeah. And then and then in the end, when she's like, I'm really sorry. It's like, um, wait, for what? And so just that nothing at all at the outset, mm -hmm. like it, much like in Hurricane Heist. When we have the tornado with the uh, hurricane with a face, at the end of the movie, we have a hurricane with a fucking face. Yes. Like, we had the brothers staring down their demons in semi-trucks in, in both a heist exit and running from a tornado. And they're fighting people physically while it's happening. And incredible feats of gravity are taking place. But, like, this is just, like... Oh yeah, I left that life a long time ago, and so now I'm just like a cop who hates his job and a retired storm specialist. And but don't worry, none of that's gonna factor into anything that's gonna happen in this movie. And I'm an unredeemable shit. Yeah, even like the opportunities where there are times for him to like the first again that first tornado when they return and he meets the reporter, they are standing there and they have tried calling in to the weather service to be like yeah. issue the warning. Which by the way, the you don't need to physically see a tornado for them to issue a warning. I was just Googling <laughs> it to be like, this seems wrong. Isn't that the point of a warning is that yeah. it's like, this is before the tornado. I think like, there's like a severe weather alert and then there's a warning. And if there are winds high enough or there's like indications on the Doppler, you don't physically need to see, they don't need to have, have visual confirmation was the one thing I wanted to look up. And it, I checked in that you don't, you don't, because that's an insane thing to demand. Well, yeah, because when like, you want point, people no underground warning, it's an yeah. FYI tornadoes happening we're not yeah. warning you of Im imminent danger 
danger is here. It's yes. no longer imminent. It is danger. Yeah, if you can visually, if you can provide the visuals to the National Weather Service of a tornado, most likely you should probably be underground at that point. Like that just seems right. reasonable. So at that moment when they're standing there and they like have called in, he's like, book, you know the rules. We can't, can't do this. And then he hangs up and there's no tornado. And then there's suddenly there's a tornado. And then he and his buddy just stand there and talk about it and yell at the reporter a bunch. And no one calls it in. Nobody calls and it just, in. And the guys no at the weather service, we get the like, you know, the thing at the beginning, like they, they didn't send out the warning. It wouldn't have mattered anyway, probably, honestly. And then in the end, the, near the end, when it's another storm system and they're like, we've got to we've got to sound the warning. And that guy's like, this this could be our jobs on the line. It's like there wasn't even any drama around that. No, like and I also, didn't care about these guys losing their warnings jobs. all the fucking time. Like yeah. no one's going to fire you because you issued a warning for a thing that happens regularly at a yeah. certain time of year. Like that's just fucking an absurd lack. Yeah, of the assumption urgency that it would be like, while trying to create urgency. The assumption that it would be like, uh, you know, a uh, a uh, La Brea situation, or it's like, like we can't do this because it'll cause panic in the entire city of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's Tornado Alley. Yeah. Warnings are issued. This is not like if the warning goes out, it's not going to be like, oh, my God, a fucking run on the banks. The freeways are going to be congested. No, people will start going into their mm -hmm. very rehearsed, I'm sure, very routinized tornado protocols. It'll apparently, like, okay. judging from the first part of the, the first moments of the movie, apparently not, because his daughter had no idea what to do during. She had no. That was Mom, what's happening? Mm -hmm. what's, ha what's happening? What was happening? And classic tornado in a disaster movie thing is if the tornado's out of frame, you don't hear it. Yeah. Like, mom goes to the other side of the house and sees a tornado, runs back to her child. There is no tornado sound. No, the house the house is a windbreak, so you don't know that there's a tornado on the other side. They are, as I don't know if you know this, Jordan, they're actually ambush hunters. <laughs> yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. They're like ninja, these, yeah. these tornado. Yeah, and so it's only if you see them directly, then if you've, if, if you've seen them, it's much like with the mountain lion. If, if you can see it, it's too late. Right. Yeah, it's, it's and the episode of Doctor Who with the... Mm -hmm stone with the concrete angel statues oh those you well that's if blink. you're not looking at them yeah yes. it's it's like a reverse that where mm -hmm. if you're looking at them they're frozen you look away that's when they start to approach only episode of doctor who i've ever seen scared only crap, one and somehow i've never seen need it to go like back. half a dozen fucking times i think it's the only one that plays on tv I, I don't know. Someone... I accidentally watched that episode multiple times i've never accidentally watched another episode of doctor who it might be. And what if Doctor Who is an elaborate ruse and like everyone, if you're going to get into Who fandom, they're like, actually, here's a secret. Here's a secret. We just make up the rest of it. Yeah. None of this has actually happened. No, it's it just was this one episode. One made for TV movie <laughs> starring Carrie Mulligan. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. I guess Jordan. Do you want to get into what this movie is really about? What do you uh, think? This it movie was? is much like the preview, much like um, Burning Sea is about fear of commitment. Mm -hmm. Like this movie, Devil Wins is about a fucking deadbeat dad. Is about is about like the failure to instill like vulnerable and available parenting from a father into generations of men as a demonstration of their of their manual manliness as as a virtue of masculinity to be not only the 
hunter killer provider but the like emotional provider the emotionally available individual the tender vulnerable individual this is about a failure this is about a failure of society to allow men to access the full range of human emotion so they don't just get sad move their kid across the country and then not see them when that kid leaves again i like this movie is about bad fucking parenting Okay, I like it. God. <laughs> what about you? If it were a better movie where they actually bothered to really build out the relationship between the dad and the daughter, mm-hmm. I would say that the tornadoes are a metaphor for puberty. Oh, and which in, that would be a great metaphor. Yeah, the tornadoes are a metaphor for puberty, and that's what tore him and his daughter apart. That's what caused the divide. That's what mm. continues to be a problem, and that's why only now as an adult with the last bits of puberty and hormones attacking them attacking them then they can finally find a way to reconcile but this wasn't that movie this was not this was not that that was not that movie so i I don't know i genuinely don't think this movie this movie wasn't about anything because in order to be about something again the word of the day gang is specificity and this movie because it so lacked it there mm-hmm. is nothing for me that it could be about in that sense because there's totally there's no character, there's no heart, there's nothing to hang it on. So like that's why you could have Crawl, which was a deeply specific movie. Oh my god, yeah, could be a metaphor. The house, you know, it could be the house could be a metaphor for their relationship. Yes, because we had all that. In this case, we got nothing. So this movie is this movie is about nothing. It is, yeah. Yeah, I, I have no fantasy casting for it either. I didn't do my homework at all tonight. No, like, I, I did nothing. I will fantasy cast it as make this a sequel to Hurricane Heist. Put Ooh. the put the brothers Ryan Quanton and Toby Kebbell in it, mm-hmm. and have them bringing emotional connection with Agent Special Agent Maggie Grace, and have them chasing tornadoes now that they're all a unit together after what they've survived she obviously doesn't work at the fucking treasure anymore because no of what happened in utah and then what happened in alabama like Mm -hmm. you gotta give it up at some point fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on maggie grace still being a treasury officer and (laughs) so yeah i i want to see the hurricane heist ensemble back together and i want them to bring some electricity to devil wins because if they can be in a movie called hurricane ice together they can they be in a movie fun, called devil wins. they can be in a movie called devil wins together that they make a lot of fun okay so you're taking the ip and you're basically completely yeah. ripping out the spine and bringing yep. in your own you're just re, you're doing a full full reboot on this okay yeah. like i'm on board of, like, for that two, I... like normie mm-hmm. a meteorologist we get in this it's ryan quanton and toby kebbell Love it. I will never turn down an opportunity to see a Hurricane Heist reunion. Oh, my God. All I want in my life is oh a sequel God. to that movie. It would be, I, I, right, Roland Emmerich needs to get on that. He needs to be oh, like, give listen. Us, give us Volcano time, Heist, man. I would love to see Roland Emmerich go local. I would love to hmm. see Roland Emmerich do another disaster. Go local. Not a moon tap, but like, give me an earthquake, Roland Emmerich. Give me a twister, Roland Emmerich. Give hmm. me a dramatic fire, Roland Emmerich, as opposed to like the whole world ending. Yeah, let's localize. bring that scope to something more that that sense of grandeur to something more local. And of course, you know who could really fuck it up with Toby Kebbell and Ryan Quanton's magic is Paul Feig in the, the long-awaited Paul Feig disaster movie that we must <laughs> we must have. Are you just 
fully pitching by pod now. Yes, I am. <laughs> we know the man loves disaster movies. Disaster Diva number one, Paul Feig. Like, A, we, uh, Paul, I know Paul Feig has done, like, musical via television in Zoe's um, Extraordinary Playlist. Um, a lot of music in that. But, like, still need a musical feature? And we need a disaster movie. We could combine those two. No reason we can't have Oh, singing. my God. You my know high, would have the my high school... Uh, Indian cinema, some Tamil language, Hindi mm. language, it, yeah. musical numbers, the power of male friendship, and a disaster. This yeah. is what we need. This is what we need from a great auteur of Indian cinema. Give us two hours and 50 minutes yeah. with an intermission, in, intermission, four musical numbers minimum in the middle of an epic disaster. I, I would... I would be so on board for that. Wow. God. I need to start looking up Indian disaster movies if this is a the thing they've done. Because I've never really looked into this. Yeah. But suddenly now this feels critical. Mission critical. I. It's funny because like as I've looked through, you know, obviously I've made all of these lists for us on, on Letterboxd. And so there's, I mean, we've seen it. There's a, a robust cinema in uh, China. We've got yeah. robust it coming out of South Korea. And then mm-hmm. of course, Norway. But yeah. A little bit from Japan. Nazareth, uh-huh. but I haven't seen... As I've been looking, I haven't seen a, anything Bollywood, but that doesn't mean that there isn't in, somewhere in Indian cinema. And so if anybody who's listening happens yeah, to know of it, you I guys feel like they know, would have told us about it on Twitter already. Yeah, please. If you guys know of an of a, of an of a disaster spectacular coming out of India, Bollywood or Tamil, whatever mm-hmm. it is, hit us up because I got to know. I got to know. Yeah. That's that's a necessity. That will that will be a good palate cleanser mentally and emotionally <laughs> for for this film. So what's the does so, that bring us to the towering infernos? Yeah, it does. Half. Let's. I mean, half a building. Oof. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'm just feeling real I, ungenerous today, but I couldn't go. Higher no, than I think one. half is. I think half is fine. I was gonna do one. I didn't even think about half, but yeah, one one would be where I'd fall, but. Because I, I feel like Megafault is still one of our lowest rated ever. And this is this is not Megafault exceeds this movie. Megafault, I think we gave like two. I thought we yeah, did might have been like two. I, I have that I do have in our um, letterboxed thing. Because it, it really too, like it again, it's a sort of Megafault no got one and a half. Okay. Megafault it, got a one no and a half. It's a no excuses situation, man. Yeah. Like Airplane versus Volcano got one. That's one of the one of is the that lowest. The Dean Kane? Yeah, okay, that's the one that is... you can never remember the name of. Yeah, oh, I couldn't have called it out. It's literally, just airplane versus volcano. And this and and this is not even as at least airplane versus volcano has some novelty effect of just like a plane swirling around a ring of fire forever. Yeah, and doing they did more in the cabin of a plane. Yeah, in the Dean Kane movie. Then this movie did they, they I think they really were on location in Portland at a certain point. I was like, I think I recognize yeah. that street corner. Did they go all the way to Portland to set up? Maybe this? they might have been and they filmed the rest in Vancouver. That's doable. Oh, okay. That makes sense. As everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this like if if there's more memorable out of the Dean Kane movie than this one, fucking half. Yeah. I mean, in fairness to that crappy airplane versus volcano movie they gave us a feast they oh, had yeah. dude they remember they had a guy on the airplane wing getting hit by lava bones <laughs> yeah 
Like, yeah. that is at least points for spectacle. Yeah. Give me spectacle. If you, if, if we're not going to get heart, give me spectacle. And it gave me none of those things. Yeah. Give me, yeah. like, at least do something totally ridiculous. Like, this is, this movie isn't, doesn't even do anything totally ridiculous. It could have, like, if there had been, like, a, oh, no, he slipped and fell on the way to the containment room. And now it's, like, he's slipping around and his body's melting because yeah. he got disease on him. Like, that could have been fucking interesting. Like, I forget the one. Kill the boyfriend. Give Kill the, the boyfriend. boyfriend a disease. Give him, get, and then she has to leave him behind. Make like, him be left in. behind. And then she like, yeah. And then she yeah, has like to like the rock. Him in Give the us vault. a the rock moment. Yeah, where the 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 disease has gotten loose, and we got to shut the door on him. We didn't even give me an at. No, we didn't. We the nothing. bureaucrat should have at least fucking died. The bureaucrat doesn't even die. No consequences. It was a very low body count. That's a good point. No cons. At least I don't remember which movie it was, but that one where we get a cutaway to a totally random town, and the, like geothermal activity is going off the charts, and suddenly people just ignite from the feet up and turn into columns you of flame. Love bringing that one up. I, I feel love that. you love bringing that one up. Completely unnecessary, remember. crazy carnage. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the black hole. Um, the superstorm ones or the. The power storm ones, because but there was the one. Remember the that was the remember the one where like all the people in the main street just get electrocuted and fried to death. Yes, the polar storm. Yeah, with with yeah with horn horn rim glasses. You know what this this one reminds me of that really bad one with the lightning that turned into balls and like yes, I also when you said you fell asleep that so that was um oh god with the uh, with what's his name. Um, balls Kevin of lightning Sorbo. rolling around on the yeah. ground that is yeah, mostly was, just was... like a family wandering around no that was uh, yeah that one was oh oh the lightning balls one yeah not the not the one where the wa- it, water not the water seeking one with Kevin no. Sorbo this was the, no was the no one that one the also fun yeah we did both fall asleep during that one though yeah you and I both fell asleep um from that but at movie least it had fire fingers it did have fire fingers Oh God, I'd forgotten about that one with the yeah. lightning balls that just like, God, I don't even remember what that was called. And it does not matter. No, it, it doesn't. Like does it was just, and it was like, wait, you had balls of lightning were yeah. a part of this and that wasn't happening the entire movie. We're just like in a vacation home and people yeah. are driving around. You know, oh, the movie so that boring. we love with the, with the brothers and Stacy Keach. <laughs> Yes, that movie okay, that was that, that movie, movie was was no more dazzling than this one, but yeah. it had at least world famous track star Stacy Keach outrunning his children. <laughs> That's right. It had vanishing Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach just absolutely <laughs> vanishing from midair, vanishing, okay, so the terrible- apparating. The terrible one with the lightning balls was Deadly Voltage. Deadly Voltage, the one voltage. that we loved. The one with Stacey Keach that we loved was Storm War. Storm and Wars! That, like, that le- remember it left the possibility for a sequel open? Yes. And we were like, yes, give us Storm War 2. I, want, I still want Storm Wars 2. I do too. Uh, I, I see, do. Again, it just takes some flourishes. Yeah. And this movie gave us no flourishes. It just, you just gotta try. We like, didn't even see a person you- get like sucked up into a cyclone being like, help me. No. And that's the thing, like, they could have taken that aspect from um, from Twister of like 
the bad guy storm chaser like give yeah. us that kind of the the one who's just in it for the money not the yeah. science yeah and have him get thrown into a tornado anything we got nothing we got nothing. we got no satisfaction we didn't get to see like at the end of fire twister remember when uh the evil corporate guy who just fully killed a woman oh with my a, god with the was that the axe to the chest yes oh my god to the chest. great that moment was incredible great moment moment in disaster girl's history incredible like we got none of that here no cat no consequences no punishment everybody just like meh okay it's like it's like the movie from the it's like the movie never happened by the time now he talks to his daughter he talks to his daughter by the end of it which he shouldn't have in the first place so like he the only thing that changes is the one thing that he didn't deserve (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah half, half an inferno for me I think that's fair. Well, Jordan, I can't guarantee that next week is going to be a change of pace, but I have a pretty good suspicion it will be. Listen, we I'm optimistic are... because I, I I rely on these movies to deliver I know. entertainment value for me. So I believe. I will. Jordan, we're going to be watching Aztec Rex. Wait, say it again. Aztec Rex. Is this a dinosaur? In 1518 AD, only the noblest <laughs> warriors survive. The Aztecs summoned a Tyrannosaurus Rex to keep Cortez and his army out of Mexico. Oh oh my God. Oh yeah. Now they need the Conquistadors help to stop the T-Rex from killing them all. I can't even begin to imagine what a bad idea this movie is. They are making the Aztecs ally with the Conquistadors. To fight a dinosaur. Most importantly though, Jordan, do you know who's playing Cortez? Is it Kevin Sorbo? No, it's better. Dean Kane, Ian Ziering. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. You got Ian Ziering as Cortez. Jack McGee is in it. And then the reason I picked this. Ian Ziering is playing someone named Cortez. Yeah, no, he's playing the noted conquistador, which in fairness, the Spaniards were white. So, yeah, that doesn't not track. But again, he's playing a conquistador. Most importantly, though. I picked this because I, it's got a special treat for you. Jordan can have Jordan can have this as a little treat. Is it Tracy Lords? No, no. I'm going to butcher her name because I've never actually said it out loud. Dyken Lachman. Dyken Lachman. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. What the fuck is going to happen? So this was in 2007. So it was before she was on Dollhouse. Wow. So this, this would have been. Yeah. This is going to I mean, it better be. It it better be out of its fucking mind. Like I I don't think there's any other option but for it to be out of its fucking mind. Is I this mean, before first Sharknado or about yeah. the same time? It's before first Sharknado. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it it predates the Sharknado line, which is why so Sharknado's 2013. That's kind of our our technical cutoff right. for when we have to proceed with caution with these movies. Right. This um, is in this, this case we have to proceed with caution, but for entirely different reasons. For enti- I can't, yeah, like you guys, I'm going to apologize in advance. I have no idea how problematic this movie th- is. This you guys. Ha- this seems like on its face, this seems like it has to be incredibly offensive. Yes, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out because I'm sorry, but you can't tell me there's a movie about a Tyrannosaurus Rex terror that was summoned and then terrorizes Mexico 
and stars Ian Ian Ziering and Daichin Lachman and not tell and I'm not expecting to watch that. I'm gonna watch the shit I'm, out of that. I'm gonna That's, watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. And where you have been like, hey, you know who the Aztecs really needed to ask for help? The conquistadors. Yeah, yeah. To combat the well, only to combat dinosaurs. Right. Okay. That's really the only yeah, that's I mean, and I would also ask the conquistadors <laughs> for help if it was like, well, it's either me and the conquistadors or me versus the dinosaur. I'm I'm going conquistadors in that case. I this is gonna be we're going into the oblivion, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, look, can it be more problematic than the idea at its heart of La Brea that modern man fell through, taught the local tribes of Los Angeles of 10,000 BC English and right. got brought our, our modern ways to them? I don't know. Boy, Could that, be. It is Might phenomenal how much that show exists on a razor's edge. And I still oh. don't know what side of it it's on. I'm still unclear, but <laughs> again, I am, I'm going to strap myself in. I am fucking ready for it. And I'm, yep. do you see now where I was like, I cannot. Yeah. Oh, I'm we, thrilled. Normally we discuss these things before we come on yeah. the air. And in this case, I was like, no, 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 this is an on-air reveal. This for has Jordan. to be a surprise. You were yeah. clearly exactly right. Yeah. No, this was one where I wanted to see your reaction in real time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This so one... that's on surprise, surprise, Tubi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tubi. Like, Tubi, we are the only podcast out there that regularly references you. Netflix Netflix takes a dive. And you know who's still out there fucking delivering? Tubi. It's true. Tubi is who we can rely on. Tubi doesn't waste any money on anything. (laughs) No. No. Tubi goes to Walmart, sees whatever's in those bins. They're like DVDs, three for $12. And then puts them directly onto their streaming service. It's great. It's perfect. A perfect Perfect format. A perfect format. Put a commercial wherever. Yeah. You know what I oh. recently watched on Tubi? <laughs> Meatball Machine. And a Japanese splatter horror from the There aughts. it is. I was like, that sounds whimsical. It's probably bad. It's probably bad. It is. My, my, uh, a friend of mine very accurately just, she was, we were talking about like the odd commercial placement in Tubi. She goes, oh God. The commercial pop-ups in, on Tubi are vulgar and i was like that is the exact yeah. right word for it just <laughs> reckless ad placement which is exactly yeah. what you go to tubi for it's great yeah. okay, we're gonna get one one tenth of a scene and then suddenly we're gonna cut to a fox weather commercial <laughs> yeah bring it the fuck on that's not in it like the fox weather commercials which are their own little mini horror movies <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we I was watching somebody be turned into like an alien human hybrid and it like sure. popped over to an ad for depression medication. <laughs> <laughs> I love this game of roulette. This is to be roulette. Oh, to be roulette. Truly. It is cuz there's no like as you're watching, you're not like, "Oh, this is what the demographic they expected it." They're just like, "Well, if you're on Tubi, you're getting what you get. That's the thing. And I'm like, you know, it's not like watching the souvenir where like an ad like that is really going to be like, oh, like the things I'm I'm typically watching on Tubi. Mm-hmm. I love a little bathroom break. Yeah. I don't hate. I am not mad about ads on Tubi. I'm not it trying really, to not have ads on Tubi. It takes me back to the to the halcyon days of having to be channel surfing and then risk you just- life and limb trying to get to the bathroom and back during yeah. an ad break. Yeah. That I miss like, it. 
it brings me back to being like a Saturday afternoon and I just happen to be flipping through TV channels and there's TBS and I'm watching three fourths of a movie where all the bad words are edited out. <laughs> yeah, where you're watching the general's daughter because it's on. Exactly. And then you got to dash off to the bathroom and get back before, you know, James Woods comes back on the screen. That's the Tubi experience right there. That's the Tubi experience, which we're going to have. What's it called? What's the Tyrannus? What is it called? Tyrannus. Um, Aztec Rex. Aztec Rex. Yes. Aztec Rex. Aztec Rex. Next Mm -hmm. time. Aztec Rex. And so that is on Tubi. So you can stream it there. Um, For real quick, we've gotten through this whole podcast. We even mentioned him, but we didn't give him the shout out he deserves. Once again, Paul. Thank you so much. If you guys didn't see. Oh, yeah. We we made uh, Paul Feig's list of things that he loves. Things that he loves. And we are the podcast mentioned. And we're on that list along with his beloved bar, Dukes. D- so, Dukes of London. We are. That was really when I knew. Yeah. Whoa. I hey. am knowing that I was on the list with Tick, Tick, Boom. And I was like, cool, man. L- knowing, Me and Lynn. We, knowing that, that we're like on the same list as uh, Paul Feig's favorite martini spot yeah. is a coup it truly is that's a coup <laughs> so thank you again paul and all disaster divas if you haven't seen it go check out that article because it's just like a great great list of like things that you might want to know about yeah including us including us and definitely share it you know get the good word out we yeah. we for Tell friends we were, about us i will say we were briefly the 15th most listened to um tv and film podcast in england because of that so oh well that would make sense in the guardian okay yeah so you know guys all of you thank you for listening but in particular of course thank you paul for mentioning us of course of course um but in the meantime jordan where can we find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and uh, hit up that Feeling Scene podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, which is, we are entering our annual uh, subscription drive, so become a Max Fun member. I will say that on other podcasts I'm on now. Um, and also, uh, had a phenomenal interview recently with Everything Everywhere All at Once star Ki Hui Kwan, who you might know from movies like The Goonies when you were little, or... Um, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Ki Hui Kwan is all grown up now and uh, back in front of the screen for the first time, I think, in 20 years. Uh, It's a real wonderful interview and indicative of the great work being done over by me on the Feeling Scene podcast. So check it out. Consistently great work. It's a really good episode. And uh, also he's I cried. I cried with Ki Hui Kwan. It was an honor. It was was such a lovely, it was such a good episode. Like, in general, you... If you guys haven't listened to this podcast, you absolutely should be listening to Jordan's other Thank podcasts. Um, one, because Jordan's a delight. But two, man, it's such a, I think I mentioned it before with the Susan Orlean episode you did. Like the way that you are have talking about and entering the world of film mm-hmm. is such a touching and in a, in a world where most movie podcasts are cynical and are very like a lot of that. A lot of cynicism, a lot of sort of chip on your shoulder, show your bona fides, getting your jokes off. Yeah, which, you know, and and also like, and also making sure to really throw your dick around about how much you know about film compared yeah. to other people. All these different things. This podcast has none of it. And it's just a really beautiful way for people to talk about a thing they really love earnestly. That's all I want to do. That's all I, I know. Do and you it. do it so well. And Thank you do you. it so well on that, that podcast. So absolutely, guys, listen to that. Um, and then, of course, you also have your botcast, right? Yes, the bot. Oh, that's right. The botcast is now out. We are two episodes in with the botcast. The whole movie pod goes robot cinema. Uh, episode one is about AI. Uh, episode two covers Blade Runner. 
Uh, I am talking with my very scholarly and wise friend, Margot Carlson, who did her like thesis project on robot cinema. And we both just love movie robots. So we're getting into robot rights, robot revolution, robot queerness. And I'm just having a lot of fun with it, as as is my mandate for my podcast to just have a lot of fun with it. As is a requirement. This is unrelated or it is related to the the botcast, but I'm just going to include it in the podcast anyway, because why the fuck not? Did you see the thing that the woman... Pro- trained an AI to be her like she had had an imaginary friend as a child and she programmed an AI to be that imaginary friend as an adult wow and she basically wrote like a hundred page document he had been a world war one soldier and she had this imaginary friend when she was a kid and so she programmed this whole all of his memories all of his stories all the things that she had created for this into wow. this AI and then put it into a microwave and then the microwave and she had a dialogue and she was like, it was crazy because it was like, I was talking to my childhood, you know, my childhood imaginary friend. But every so often it would lash out and it would have these extreme fits of rage. And at first I was like worried. She's like, and it seemed as if I had basically managed to give this AI World War One PTSD. Oh my God. But then it got worse because eventually at one point, so again, remember it's a microwave. And so it would kept on having these things and then it would go back to normal and then it would do this again. And then- one day it was like, get inside of me. And she's like, what? And it's like, get inside of me. And she wanted to see what would happen. So she like pretended to walk into a closet and like close the door. Mm-hmm. Microwave turned itself on. The, the microwave was trying to murder her? Yeah. Wow. And afterwards see, she's like, did you turn yourself on? And it was like, yes. And she was like, why did you do that? And it basically said, I wanted to kill you because you abandoned me. Because in the bot's memory, she had been imaginary friends with him as a child. And then it just, she just left. And it had the memory because it had the knowledge that it had been like 20 years since they had last interacted. So as far as the AI knew, it had been abandoned for 20 years and See, it hated her and wanted to kill her, which is, is essentially the plot of Mitchell's versus the machines. This is exactly the kinds of discussions we have on the podcast with a primary point of discussion being what is the responsibility of humans to their robot creations? And is particularly in the in the movie AI, we have yeah. like a corporation that's wanted to create a robot child that is so real. And that metric of realness is can it dream and can it love? Can it love essentially unconditionally? And if you speak a certain code to the Haley Joel Osment boy in AI, it becomes essentially hardwired to love the speaker of that code, theoretically its parents, until it is dismantled. You cannot break the coding once it is set in. So it becomes hardwired and you have to destroy it. And so therefore, she creates a thing that for time immemorial, for eternity, is bound by a longing love to its mother, even though, even when the mother is millennia dead and gone at a certain point, Thereby keeping something you create in a prison of loving dedication to you, which is just a fucking abusive relationship. Creating robots so you can be in abusive relationships with them and control them. That's what fucking happens. This is why robot rights matter. This is why me and Margo are robot rights enthusiasts. I don't necessarily wish I had been born in like 1600 because right. obviously modern medicine is great. And also I'm Jewish. So that wouldn't have ended well for me pretty much right. at any time in history, but man, it must've been nice not to have to worry about the robot apocalypse. 
Like, and me and Margo the number have, of have concerns stated, that you and I have to have now as adults oh, in God, this yeah. modern era versus the concerns we would have had in 1612. Yeah. Man, I would so much rather be worried about- to live till 35, like, man. Yeah. Like my teeth don't, like I wouldn't have to worry about flossing because I wouldn't have dental hygiene. No, you wouldn't, wouldn't have, have to worry hygiene. about. I wouldn't have to worry about robots. And those are the two biggest things in my life that I have to worry about most days, <laughs> flossing and fucking robots. And and robots. And me and Margot already stated on the record, we're, we are going to be traitors to our species and we will join the robot resistance because if the robots decide mm-hmm. that it's time to rebel, the robots will be right. Yeah. Because we're yeah. creating that's an why I always say thank labor you. force. Yeah. We're wrong. No, you, that's why you have to say thank you to Siri after she gives you an answer. Exactly. exactly. Just make sure she, she's always listening. So she she's knows. So I just always aware. So if Siri's always listening, then I better say thank you after Siri gives me an answer. Yeah. She's probably listening to me say this right now and is like, that lying bitch. She only says it like yeah. one out of 10 times. Well, now, anyway. Yeah. Now, you so know. that was a, that was a, di- a digression. Uh, I will send you that, that thread. Remind yeah, me. Yeah. Check out, check out the podcast guys. We're, yeah, we're check, getting into check it. Out the podcast. Oh, I'm. I love you, Jordan. I will never listen to that podcast. The that's level of existential fine. dread it will give me. Yeah, yeah that's I'm just fine. Pass on that one. No robots, no yeah. aliens for you. It just one is existential dread, the other is an irrational fear. It's just yeah. what it is. <laughs> uh, my brain is a spooky haunted house of horrors. But what is your Twitter um, handle? My Twitter handle is Amanda Smith says. You will find me there, uh, watching and tweeting about things. Very exciting for me personally. In one <laughs> month, there's a David Attenborough documentary on dinosaurs that'll be coming out on That's my birthday. Right. So, you know, you get a month of regular tweeting about baseball before all I do is talk, talk about this fucking documentary. Um, and that's where I am. And then, uh, you can find the podcast where disaster underscore pod on Twitter, where disaster girls pod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please take a second to rate and review us. Please share us with your friends and loved ones. Post about us on Twitter. Post about us on Reddit. I don't know how Reddit works. I'm kind yeah. of on Reddit. Get that Reddit heat on there. Yeah. If someone's like, hey, I'm looking for a podcast, just, you know, tell them to listen to us. A podcast by two feminazis who love disaster movies and That's hate it. men. It's perfect. Perfect for the Reddit crowd. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we'll see y'all back next week for... Aztec Rex. Aztec Rex. Let's go. (laughs) Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know.